Club Pluto, on the light side of the moon, the year is 2080. I look through dim eyes at the crowd of miscreants gathered around the card table in front of me, knowing that the only thing harsher than the cards in my hand were the stares from the dames at the bar. Space Blackjack! Ladies and gentlemen, place your space bets! The alcohol hit the back of my throat like a prize fighter going for the title. I gasped, not wanting to draw any further attention as I pulled the brim of my hat down deep over my eyes. Space Craps! Space Snake Eyes! We have a space winner! As the thrum of the crowd grew louder around me, I turned to see the bar's proprietor making his way through the crowd, oblivious to the stares he was causing. Cool and collected, I, like a man who knew he owned the place, and did. Space Roulette! Space Roulette! Someone catch that ball flowing away! I could feel him walking up behind me, eyes burning smoky holes in my back. I knew I had maybe two or three seconds to get the first word in before he would verbally obliterate me in front of the very brain crowd. Hey, Pluto, long time. Keep his name out of your fucking mouth! This week we watched the film that killed just so many careers. The craptacular space noir that is Pluto Nash on I Like Movies. Steve, kick it. I like movies. Good evening, good evening, good evening, Internet, and welcome to episode 7 of I Like Movies. This week we are covering Pluto Nash, uh, possibly the biggest financial box office bomb of all time. Uh, it may have been overtaken in the last 10 years, I'm not too sure, but it, it's certainly up there. Uh, my name is Andy McLean. I'm your host this evening. Joining me, as he does every episode, is Mr. Richard Pye. <laughs> I don't know who says hello there. Um, good. Evening. And, of course, as always, joining us is Mr. Stephen Marshall. <laughs> Evening. Good. I'm so sorry I choked through the, uh, the opening that I needed a glass of water. I, was, I went too deep. You went, you went full Batman. Yeah, I was really going for it, but then I realised that I didn't have any, uh, any spit left. You went full noir. Mm. Mm. Yeah. So, sorry about that. Um, hello. 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 Hi. Hello. Hi. Hello, hello, hello. Let's start off with a real quick disclaimer. We normally uh, record these episodes a day or two after we've watched the film, so it's fairly fresh in our memory. Fresh. Unfortunately, this time, it's been a gap of about two weeks. Uh, one of us had COVID. Hooray. One of the hosts had to work on call. Hooray. And one of the hosts has been uh, trying to denazify the Ukraine on behalf of the Kremlin. <laughs> which host did which? I'll surely never tell. Yeah, certainly so. <laughs> but there might be a bit of like, hmm, did that happen? Uh, uh, I can't remember who said that yeah. uh, because it's been two weeks and... I can only speak for myself, but I'm sure I speak on behalf of my co-hosts. No way was I going to watch that film a second time closer to recording. <laughs> no, it's, no, it's not a film that I'm ever going to watch again. I like no. doing this podcast, but I do not like it that much that I will put myself through it a second Yeah, I'm time. sorry. I couldn't commit to watching uh, watching it again. No. Yeah. Um, I did watch a YouTube video about it, though. Yeah? Afterwards, yeah. What, like a documentary? 
Um, yeah, kind of. I'll try and find um, the name of it to give credit where credit's due, because um, I'll probably draw a couple of bits from it at some point. Um, so after the break, I will um, let you know what the podcast, uh, not podcast, what the YouTube channel is. Cool. Okie dokie. So let's start off by going through the uh, basic information on the film. So we are talking about 2002's The Adventures of Pluto Nash, released in the US on August 16th and two weeks later in the UK. It was directed by Ron Underwood, who I believe is currently the only director that has two films in the hat. Yes. Yes. Uh, the other film being Tremors. He also directed City Slickers, Mighty Joe Young. Now, he directed Stealing Sinatra after Pluto Nash and then did nothing but TV after that. Oh, really? Uh, okay. So there's an argument to be made that killed maybe this killed his career yeah. a bit. Mm. Um, City Slickers would be a good one for the hat for the future. Or mm. I have to keep I've never seen City Slickers. Well, that's a good one. Good choice then. Uh, Mighty Joe Young would be. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. This film was written by Neil Cuthbert, uh, who had previously written Hocus Pocus and Mystery Men. And this definitely killed his career as he has done nothing in the film industry since writing. Oh, wow. That's so he, he's a double writer as well then, because Mystery Men is in the hat. Yes. That's a very good point, yes. Yes, we've got our first double writer, Neil Cuthbert. Right, nice. Both Hocus and Pocus and Mystery Men aren't terribly written films either, which makes me wonder how much this was butchered afterwards. Uh, I can explain to you how that happened. Yes. Um, Is he the the sole writer? He's the sole credited writer. Again, I have have some factoids that I can use to explain. Um, Either of you want to have a stab at what the tagline for the film was? Don't watch this film. Um, this is, uh, this is all based on the moon. (laughs) This is is based Uh, on the moon. That's not bad. That's pretty close. Uh, this, this is the moon now. No, it was the man on the moon. However, it may as well have been, don't watch this film, as it was budgeted as a hundred million, a hundred million dollar production Mm -hmm. and grossed in its opening weekend in the US, 2.2 million. It didn't make much more in total, did it? It made 4.2 million US gross, and worldwide it only managed to gross 7.1 million, uh, meaning a net loss of almost $93 million, making it officially one of the biggest bombs of all time. Okay, my question, before we get into it too much, Mm. where did they spend all that money? Because it certainly ain't on screen. Uh, I believe it was encoding that ingenious John Cleese AI. Oh, is that what did it? All their budget went on that. That wasn't John Cleese. That was a $100 million AI they'd built. Did Mm. it not also go on Randy Quaid's um, acting coach to make him so much like a robot? (laughs) Maybe. And probably went on that whole CG segment where they uh, they get new bodies. Yes, of course. Yeah. Yeah, and yeah. Jay Moore's uh, singing coach probably took a cut. Yeah. <laughs> oh, what a film. So many things. What a film. So many things. Uh, okay, so little factoid that'll, that'll explain. Um, so Neil Cuthbert was the only yes, credited yes. writer. Um, where is it? Where is it? I had a little factoid about this. Uh, the original script for Pluto Nash was, in fact, written in 1985. Right. Mm-hmm. 17 years prior to it being released. A dozen other writers wrote treatments and drafts of it, but Neil Cuthbert wrote the final draft, and he was the only one credited. Uh, I believe, because a lot of the writers, much like uh, Alec Baldwin, insisted their name be taken off the film prior to release. Who? Uh, Alec Baldwin. Um, you know... Brother of Stephen Baldwin? All the Baldwins are dead? Yeah, that one. (laughs) (laughs) It's back. It's back. Oh, I just assumed he was just wanted to be a cool, uncredited. No, no, no. no. I think he saw an early 
uh, cut oh, the film and was just like, nah, take my name I'm off. done. Right. Um, in the same way that Eddie Murphy refused to promote the film uh, prior to its release, stating that he only took it for the money. Right. So... Uh, he so, looks like he... That's how he looks when he's mm, in the film. Yeah. <laughs> so rumours are as well that he had his own writing team rewrite the film as well before um, it got edited. I don't know if you got those notes. Principal photography was hampered by constant mm. bickering among Eddie Murphy, director Ron Underwood and the producers, with Murphy often overruling Underwood and making on-the-fly rewrites, causing the film to go both over schedule and over budget. Right. Because that's what, it, it, that's what basically, for me, the whole gist of the film looks like. It looks like it's got all the elements there of a really good film, but then they just cut it out. Then they just let, yeah, it's like they got the script and just went, "We don't need that." <laughs> it feels like there are a lot of like side plots that just don't go anywhere. They're they're on the cutting room floor, literally, because mm-hmm. they're introduced like tidbits, yeah, and little bits, and you're like, "Oh, that's interesting." Oh no, don't matter. We don't yeah. find out about that, or don't find out about that, or, or don't really explain why this is happening. So actually, when we're moving on to the next bit, it's like, so why are they there? What? Oh yeah, no, nothing happens yeah. in this film really that makes any yeah. sense whatsoever. Yeah. Uh, do you want to hear something horrifying? Please. The work print version of the film ran nearly three hours. Oh, oh. Oscar-winning editor Alan Helm was brought in to try and fix the film. After viewing the available footage, he determined that a large portion of the film needed to be completely reshot, and whole new scenes added, including an opening and closing sequence, introductory sequences for both Pluto and Dina. Eddie Murphy ultimately financed most of the reshoots out of his own pocket, while the film languished in post-production, writing and directing many of the new scenes himself. Really? Yeah. yeah. So uh, it went for a full New Mutants, like, scrap two-thirds of this. Oh, in fact, Justice League, wasn't it? Yeah. Scrap two-thirds of this, we're reshooting the film. Uh, off the editors say so, which has got to be pretty wow. weird. It's quite weird, isn't it? Which makes you wonder, if they had three hours of footage mm. and they shot more footage, yeah. what was that three hours of footage? So what they're basically saying is they're there is around about two hours of footage out there that was going to be in the film yep. that is, it is no longer part. At least two hours. So yeah. I think we've just answered your question as to where did the $100 million go? Yeah, oh, the reshoots. Yeah, it went, it went on two hours of unused film. Yeah. yeah. But the scenery and stuff is just pretty shit. It's, it looks like a really low-budget film. It looks, it looks like a TV hmm. Um kind of background it definitely like, well. doesn't look like a film that came out three years after the matrix no no, no yeah. not in the slightest no um didn't it sh- didn't it shit did it sit on the shelf for a while as well uh, it was shelved for two years yeah. after production yeah oh okay so, so this explains 90s film yeah yeah 2000 ish so it, it actually came out uh it was released after shrek but was filmed before shrek right. Because this obviously the wisdom what kept Eddie Murphy in employment for the next few years. Mm, yeah, that voiceover work is kind of where he went after this, wasn't it? This killed his live action career. Yeah, pretty much dead in the tracks. Yeah, I mean he has done. It definitely has done stuff since. But, He's um, come back more, more recently, recently yeah. but uh, he was done, not. Yeah, not really in anything, too, right? was he? For yeah, a while. Was it, the, it called uh, Dolomite? Is my name? Is it? He's in film Dreamgirls and stuff, but obviously he's mm. a, he's a like a an extra, not an extra. He's. Um, He's a he's not a lead main, supporting yeah. character. He's not a lead. Um, yeah. yeah, weird, weird, weird old scenario for a film. Mm. So this film is technically lower rated on IMDb and Rotten Tomatoes than Biodome. 
Which is really weird. Because no, I would argue no, 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 no. that this film is better than Biden. Oh, yeah, no, absolutely. Not getting too far ahead of ourselves. But also, I would argue this film should be called Biodome because one of the opening shots includes a fucking Biodome. <laughs> yeah, I've got that. Which even a dome. Biodome doesn't have. No. They should just reverse titles. Yeah. 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 Anyway, we will uh, we'll break for a little advert, I think, yeah, yeah. first, and then we'll be right back on the other side, and we'll get into the uh, this, the deep and dirty notes we've made on the adventures of Pluto Nash. Are you a fan of James Bond and wish you could listen to a couple of blokes talk about the world's greatest secret agent? Well, now you can when you join Rich and Ash for Review to a Kill, where we discuss the films, history and current news from the world of 007. So if you love all things Bond, then search for Review to a Kill from wherever you get your podcasts. Okay, so we are back and we are in the real meat and potatoes of the show. Let's go through our notes on the film. Who wants to start? So <clears throat> I would like to begin by saying that actually there were four words in the credits which um, made me think, okay, I am going to cope with this. Oh, right. Nope. Are you sure it's not five words? Because I've written the same thing down, but it's five words. Oh, okay. I suspect. Is it and John Cleese as James? <laughs> 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 the the weird extra credit at the end. Yeah, no, that's true. But yeah. no, no, it wasn't that. Oh, um, okay. So my four words were um, as a as a geek on film scores with the, the with the word John Powell, um, who was the composer. Mm. But also the other two words were Rosario Dawson. Oh yes. Um, so as soon as I saw that, I was like, okay, I'm 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 gonna be all right with this. You're a big Rosario Dawson fan. I do like Rosario Dawson? Who was the Who was the composer on it? John Powell. So, um, sorry. I just, I, I assumed it wasn't Danny Elfman, but it felt like it was Danny Elfman, because didn't it feel like the entire score was just a rip-off of Futurama? <laughs> it had a real Futurama yeah, a vibe that, yeah. to it. Yeah. Um, so, John Powell, uh, an English composer, um, did some uh, things with, um, he's from the Hans Zimmer school of, um, of composers, uh, and literally, I mean, like, because Hans Zimmer has this, like, studio full of composers that he's basically like, you do that film, you do that film, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, the Hans Zimmer school. Yeah. Go you fighting theremins. Yeah, exactly. Um, so, uh, <laughs> so um, John Powell and Harry Gregson Williams uh, composed uh, things like Chicken Run. Uh, they composed Ants. Um, then they, um, Harry Gregson Williams on his own, I think it was own without John Powell, did Shrek. Um, John Powell has since done uh, How to Train Your Dragon. Uh, oh, he did, um, so this didn't his, kill uh, his career. Oh no, no, he's done loads of stuff mm. since. No, he's, um, oh, I know, love, he's brilliant. Love How to Train Your Dragons um, score. It's brilliant. Uh, so Ooh, that is John Powell. I, I already know what next year's Danny DeVito for me is going to be. Then <laughs> I'm not going to put that in that hat. I don't want you shitting on one of my favourite films. It won't make it to the hat. Trust me. <laughs> um, so um, good film. So well, what I found interesting is actually is the score for this film is very similar to John Powell. in John Powell, late 90s, early 2000s, obviously had a sound. Mm. Because if you listen to Ants and you listen... I think you might have been involved with Shrek. If you listen to Shrek and you listen to this, it's very there's very similar mm. things going on. He, it's a real synthesised horn thing going on. I like the score. I thought it was a good score, actually. 
Hmm. I have listened to it since watching the film. I mean, I, <laughs> I, mean, really? I, yeah. I enjoyed the score because I thought it sounded so Futurama. Yes. Yeah, um, yeah. Did I ever tell you how I went to the Hans Zimmer um, composer school on a uh, basketball scholarship? No, you didn't know. No, no maybe, we'll, maybe we'll keep yeah, that for yeah, later. Yeah, yeah oh, touch on that nice. another day. <laughs> <laughs> Um, but I did also ask the question, is this when John Cleese started taking any job to pay for yes, his divorces? Yes, 100%. I've got that written down. <laughs> John Cleese paying for paying for his uh, many wives. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, indeed. How many divorces has John Cleese had, just real quick? I don't know. I don't think it's as many three? as there. Maybe like three, maybe not like huge I mean, amounts. That's, but a, I think, that's <laughs> a lot of divorces. That's, that's enough. It's enough. Three more than most people. Enough, but I think every single one has... He's never learned from the previous one. I think they've always well, each one's got him. more expensive. Yeah, I think they basically each time they've they've like completely rinsed him. You would have thought that after the first one, it's like ah, prenup. Yeah, know, yeah, let's get yeah, that yeah. prenup sorted. So, but he's um, yeah, he's, he seems to have never never learned. And they don't last particularly long. I don't think. No, they, they go down so. in length. As but to the point where obviously in, in more recent years, because he actually, I remember seeing him years and years ago in like the mid nineties, where he says about how he. He wants to. He, I think then he was kind of like talking about winding down his acting and stuff because he's like it's so boring. He, he found it's, he says it's so boring just sitting around waiting to be called and all this kind of stuff. Um, so actually, um, but then he's actually ended up having to do more and more stuff and then started doing a tour like called the Alimony Tour. Yeah. Um, so yeah. So um, I mean, actually, at least he's honest. Oh yeah, no, he's completely honest about why he's doing it all. So yeah. But surely though, if he didn't earn as much money, he wouldn't have to give as much of it away. <laughs> yeah, true. I think it's just. Isn't this, that how it works? I don't know. Is it kind just? Of, the, I guess to get into the to keep himself in the style he's become accustomed. I suppose. I guess so. Yeah, there you go. So we start with an opening scene that takes place seven years before the rest of the movie, where we get to spend one of only two real segments of time with Jay Moore, who I assumed was going to be in this film a lot more. Yeah, given <laughs> how prominently <laughs> he was featured in the trailer and yeah. and everything. Um, why is Jay more Scottish and playing an accordion? Um, well, he's not Scottish. No, I think that's the thing. Was it, when he it's was a like, gimmick. Yeah. Um, yeah, but why? I, I get. I, I got that totally. But why not playing bagpipes then? There's nothing more Scottish than an accordion. That's the real question. Yeah. Um, actually, I think the real question is why the fuck this whole opening in the first yeah. place. Uh, just is it just to explain how he ends up with the club? I think, I think so. so. Doesn't it feel tacked on, like well, so tacked I mean, on? We, well, this it is did what we've say, learned, didn't it? Didn't they yeah. reshot new end opening. Yeah. And, um, so but this is the thing. Yeah. It's, but it's such a it's such a weak opening. He just buys a dude's club without even asking how much it was to buy, what he owes or anything. It's just like, yeah. and the dude's okay with it. Yeah. Plus, Jay Moore insists he's never going to change his. Ge- oh no, no. No, the Scottish thing is definitely for me. And then 30 seconds later, he's been talked into changing his nationality and his name. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He's a completely different person now. Yeah. Yeah. Well, he becomes Frank Sinatra, doesn't he? he yeah. Blow oh, there was. I just. It's completely off film, but I, I know. I saw something. It was either on Facebook or one of those. Someone's done a reel which they thought was obviously going to be really quirky for St. Patrick's Day. Right. And they'd painted like a leprechaun on their face and they'd covered their eyes so that they, the, the leprechaun's mouth was their mouth, but there was like a little. Um, but I assume it was an, an, in America, so it's like an American lady. Um, but, and she's like, eh, St. Patrick's Day, Irish, and then starts singing um, The Proclaimers, uh, <laughs> 500 Miles. Um, to which, obviously, then everyone's just commented, like, you're a fuckwit. <laughs> <laughs> Is she playing an accordion at the time? No, sadly not. <laughs> Sorry, right, carry on. 
Uh, are wet wipes sponsoring this film is the next note I have because so, yeah. I believe there was an extreme close-up of a packet of wet wipes yes which are, I've got mini anti-back wipes so futuristic yeah <laughs> I wondered if because it had been such a bomb I wondered if they peppered it with like really obvious um, ad placement yeah exactly Yeah, yeah to just try to get some money back exactly um, but I can't say I, I don't think I've written down any no. other notable examples. No, but the no anti-back point to see wipes with it. It was, it was weird, wasn't it? But it was mm. a very specific anti-back wipe moment, and it was so prominent in yeah. the close-up as well. It was it really, just, odd. yeah, very strange. Was that to just to just to suppose? I can't say the word um, against really That's the one. The really shitty kitchen. Possibly, yeah. Was maybe, it in maybe. that scene with yeah, the shitty was, kitchen? Yeah, where he's, um, yeah, where he's but but what? Was it is like they were making? I thought they were kind of trying to make a joke about. Oh, look how this tiny <laughs> anti back wipe. Oh, it's so low. Oh, it's crazy that that's. But but it's like this is an anti back wipe in a little packet. Would that have been a novelty in two thousand? I don't know. Mm-hmm. Maybe it would have been because it just seemed like such an obvious thing to. Don't it? It just seemed like that's the only reason that they were doing that. Or product, product placement. Yeah, maybe, yeah. like you say, but I don't know what the product was. Um, I had a 10 minutes in review, Oh yeah, which is basically just that Eddie Murphy doesn't look bothered. No. That was my... <laughs> that was uh, my how does that match up with your end of film review? <laughs> no, oh, yeah, pretty, end pretty of film review. Hang on, let's have a look. Uh, Eddie Murphy doesn't look bothered, yeah. <laughs> he, he phones it in from the start of this film, Yeah, right? which I kind of makes sense if you're saying that they had to reshoot the start of this film... He's obviously already done a lot of this film already by the time he gets to filming the start of this film. Mm. And you can tell because he don't give a shit. <laughs> yeah. Um, so there was a bit... Uh, obviously, when he gets the club... Uh, you're right. We, we, can we move on? No, no, no. <laughs> j- jump around. So he's got, yeah. he's got it into the club and the opening thing is them. everyone's dancing in the club. Yeah. Now, they all look like they're doing some kind of futuristic dancing. Yeah, it's a future right? weird arm dance. Right, yeah, but the, all, I, all I put was future dancing looks like my now dancing. Yeah. <laughs> it looks like my dad dancing. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It was like a real arm yeah, Proper arm punching up. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, there, was, there was very little futurism in the set design on that. It yeah. all oh, looked like yeah. exactly how everything looked in the early 2000s, with yeah. the exception of they plastered on those tall like hologram adverts from Blade Runner. Yeah. Right. Um, but other than that, it was. It was shit. They might stick like a little thermostat on each wall to make it look a bit spacey. <laughs> a bit spacey. But other than that, yeah, it just looked exactly like Earth did in two thousand. One thing they got completely wrong as well, though, is they deal solely in cash. <laughs> this <Yeah>. is true. <laughs> yeah, maybe it they really did, maybe they didn't cash. get the pandemic on the moon. <laughs> you mean uh, Hillary Bucks? Hillary's. That's Hillary Bucks. That, that, as soon as you're like this, that's really not aged well. Now, is <laughs> no, it? and there's a le- and, and there's another a one. Reference. There's a Trump reference. Yeah. yeah. Fucking weird, that, isn't it? Yeah, it's a Hillary Clinton and a Donald Trump reference. Um, So, can we talk about his assistant manager that just disappears and we never see again for the rest of the film? That's true. There is that guy, isn't there? I I cannot remember what you're referencing. Please, elaborate. So, he introduces an assistant manager, some black gentleman, Mm. and he's the best assistant manager, and then we never see him again. And then at the end, he promotes, he promotes spoilers, the, yeah. his robot to assistant manager. Are we to assume he died in the bombing of Club Pluto? Let's assume so. Let's assume that guy died a horrible death and never got a funeral. Off screen. Maybe Off it's screen. in the director's cut. Maybe, maybe it's in that early three-hour work print. Yeah, maybe. maybe. Maybe in that early one, 
they do a bit of character building with Rosario Dawson's character as well, because there ain't any of that shit in no, there. No, not really. Oh, R- Rosario what? Dawson gets plenty of character building. Okay, For example, please, please. one of her opening lines is, my moon card expired. Okay. No context. You yeah. never find out what the fuck a moon card is, <laughs> nope. or why one needs a card to be on the moon. Yeah. Um, little, little America. Little America. Yeah, it's not called the moon. No. It's well, it's Little America on the moon. Oh, is it? Oh, yeah. it, yeah. it takes the... place on the moon. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So, yeah. It's Little so America, little is, America the city. is the city. Yeah. Mm. On the moon. Of course, obviously. Right. Sorry. I, I too was quite excited when I saw Rosario Dawson's in it, because yeah. I am also a big fan of Rosario Dawson. And if nothing else, this film proves that in the last 20 years, apparently she's not aged. No. Because no. she still looks just as great now yeah, as she does yeah, back then. Yeah, Yeah. Yeah. No, congratulations. <laughs> and to be Paul fair, Rudd did it. To be fair yeah. to Rosario Dawson. She's the male Paul Rudd. That's yeah. a really good way of looking at it. <laughs> she is, Sorry, Steve. Um, that's what I was just going to say. To be fair to Rosario Dawson, she does a, an okay job in this film. She's trying. She's that's trying. The, she's actually trying. She's the only person in this film, apart from Randy Quaidbot. Randy Quaidbot seems to be enjoying himself. Kind of. To some I, extent. You, you, you say that, but I just. Well, I know, was, was. Randy Quaid is already annoying, so this was like very at the very beginning of the thing. And I just thought, how quickly did he actually regret taking this part? Yeah. Um, <laughs> what else has Randy Quaid been in? Because I was trying to. Brokeback Mountain. Is that, is that it? That's what he's I, done. He's been, I think he's been, he's been in plenty of stuff. Was he in the day after tomorrow? No, that's no, Dennis that Quaid. Dennis that's his Quaid. brother. Uh, Dennis, sorry, it's Dennis Ruddy, Ruddy Quaid. Dennis Quaid, Ruddy Quaid. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, you're going to look him up. Uh, I was going to, yeah. Yeah, go on. They, yeah. I was kind of surprised they did that whole uh, Randy Quaid bit where he, he makes that I fucked your sister joke. <laughs> he doesn't say outright I fucked your sister, but he implies to that dude, yeah, I completely slept with your sister, yeah. which I thought was very funny considering it was uh, an awfully PG family-friendly film. Well, especially with the French maid as well. Oh, The yeah. oop spot, you mean? Yeah, oop spot. Sorry. Fucking hell, oh, what I a forgot, shitty I forgot joke. I forgot I put that there. I've just got a, a, a robot that's just constantly flashing a vag at me. <laughs> <laughs> he was in, uh, of course, he's in Independence Day. Oh, is what he's he, probably oh in yeah, the pilot, yeah, 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 yes, yeah. Um, um, this one's more just for Steve, I'm afraid. I, d- no, I doubt no, you'll no. you'll feel the nostalgia hit. But was Pluto Nash using an NES blaster as his gun? Yeah, I at think the very least, so? the colour scheme was identical. I think, yeah, something like that. Like the light gun from the original Nintendo uh, yeah. system from the 80s. Yeah, it's... Uh, <laughs> this film. Yeah. <laughs> you know what? When I start, I didn't write many notes to begin with, because mm. I started getting into it. And I don't know why I was kind of drawn into it for some bizarre. Well, you wanted uh, to know who bombed the club. <laughs> <laughs> it was the story. It's a, cla- the it's story a classic got who done it. It's a classic okay. mystery. I remember Lizzie came into the room. She goes, "So how is it?" I was like, "I'm feeling it. I'm in it yeah. at the minute." And then and then stuff happens, and I'm like, eh, "That didn't last long." <laughs> um, but for the first, weirdly, the first flashback ten minutes. Yeah. I was okay with that. I was I was buying it. Yeah, I was into the club exploding. But the thing though, you said stuff happens. Yeah. but for me, stuff all right, didn't all right. really. Happen. Okay, <laughs> let, let me rephrase that. Not a lot happened, but weird characters are there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's the weird characters that make this film. Do we ever so get an bizarre. explanation for the boss-eyed dude? Uh, the, which the blonde one? dude with the like? Slightly crossed nope. eyes. No. Oh yeah. Oh, the, I um, thought he was a robot. He's an albino. I thought he was albino. 
The albino dude. Yeah, so he was him. either an albino yeah. or a robot. I thought he was a robot. He wasn't a then, robot because he gets shot. Yeah, but then in the end he just gets shot and I was like, oh, he's he's not a robot. <laughs> no, I just... <laughs> he's just a boss-eyed albino dude. That dude's been in other stuff oh, and he okay. always looks like that. So that is just his face. So we think he's naturally cross He's just got that face. Naturally yeah. uh, albino cross So my general question for this film, mm. right, what is it? <laughs> it's, a, it's, like, it's, it, a, it's a film noir is it a, set on the moon yeah. in 2087 but is it an action is it a comedy but is you just think it's, it's a, a film, film noir, noir <laughs> set on the moon in, no it has all the tropes of a film noir it does yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. just none of the style but it looks like it's trying to be an action it's trying to be a comedy it's trying to be it's, it's which, like, which part of it suggested action to you was it the world's most boring foot chase on the moon no no it was the most boring car chase on the moon <laughs> I, uh, I did write I that like, real quick what, what you, you, are you talking about slow motion moon fighting <laughs> I did write down real quick. If this, if uh, Pluto Nash was made in 2022, the foot chase scene would have had 4,000% more parkour. <laughs> <laughs> it was really weird watching a foot chase sequence without anybody yeah, like running off walls or running, jumping yeah. over yeah, barriers yeah. and stuff. Yeah, yeah. Because that's just become the norm, hasn't yeah. it, for, for chase sequences? Yeah, no, that's absolutely right. The shootout in the club was probably the most boring shootout in a club you could ever have. Oh, the Moon Mafia were 100% trained by the Stormtroopers. <laughs> the, the best shots in the galaxy. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I, uh, it's just... Any action scene in that film was just like... Well, it might be that they ran out of budget because mm. they, they reshot it and it was just like, oh, we, we should uh, probably reshoot our chase sequence. Oh, we've used all our money. Oh, just uh, have them drive for a tunnel. Then. That car chase sequence was... Was real bad. Mm. <laughs> yeah. No. But you mean, but, sorry, sorry, space car chase. Sorry, yes, space car chase. Because at least in like Beverly Hills Cop, the whole thing. Obviously, Eddie Murphy he is he's still he's still doing comedy. Mm. He's yeah. doing kind of action, but he is doing comedy. Oh. So it kind of it, it kind of worked. But with this, it's like he was just it, he wasn't being comedy Eddie Murphy. He was trying to be. I, mean, I, d- you, I don't know if he was trying to be. You, you he hit was trying it on to be the head exactly when you asked, "What is this film?" Yeah. It's trying to be too many different to things, and it achieved none of them. It, it wasn't an action film. It kind of wanted to be an action film. It wasn't a mystery film. It kind of wanted to be a mystery mm. film. It wasn't like a, a futuristic, like sci-fi film. No. It kind of wanted to be a futuristic sci-fi and film. It wasn't yeah. a comedy. It wasn't a comedy. It was trying. It, it was trying. Moment, it's moment. fucking hardest to be a comedy. <laughs> you know what? But I bet that was written originally as a sci-fi noir film set on the moon. And then they got Eddie Murphy attached to it, and they were like, "Shit, we should probably make this funny." Yeah, we should and probably put some goofs in it, some solid moon goofs, solid moon goofs. And then when they actually did the moon goofs, they realised it didn't make any sense to have the moon goofs, so they kept them in. Yeah, Instead these these lunar laughs don't work. No. Give me give me more moon goofs. I need moon three. moon goofs. Yeah, <laughs> more moon moon goofs. Moon moon goofs. <laughs> and but they they got cut. Cut all the moon goofs. Mm. So you, you didn't get any lunar laughs. You didn't get any moon goofs. <laughs> you didn't get. Uh, you didn't get any um, atmospheric audible gasps. Any galactic guffaws? No. Nope. Um, <laughs> come on, one more. Um, <laughs> uh, space chuckles. Did you say lunar? Space laughs? chuckles. Did you say? Perfect. Did you say lunar? Did you say lunar laughs? Yeah. 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 Right. yeah. yeah. 
Um, so, yeah. Space Chuckles. Space Chuckles. Space Chuckles. <laughs> <laughs> it, it was, you know what? Would have been a better tagline, FYI. Space Chuckles. <laughs> well, not Man on the Moon. Yeah. Which probably would have been a better he, he is the tagline man. for the film Man on the Moon. You know, it's true. Just okay. the title twice. Like New York. So, <laughs> it took me a long time to realise that he was actually supposed to be likeable as well. Mm. He's supposed to be like, like you say, oh, yeah, the everyone, man. Everyone likes yeah. him, yeah. Everyone. The man on the moon. Do you get the thing? He was supposed to be like a Harrison Ford type with his background as an ex-smuggler. Like a smuggler with a heart of gold. Kind of, Tim Allen. but... Hmm? Do you mean Tim Allen? Tim Allen, the smuggler. Tim Allen. Oh, so yes. Callback. <laughs> <laughs> I get that reference. <laughs> um, so, we don't ever find out what he smuggled. We don't ever find out what he got in prison for. We don't Smuggling. ever find out... Oh, shit. Yeah, there you go. All right, right there. <laughs> we don't ever find out anything about his background no. at all in that film. Just that everyone really respects him and... Sort of fears respects him? him for being a smuggler, but also, but he's kind of, but he's kind of, he's a guy who owns a club, the club, the club. So he's a guy that owns the club on on the moon, but apparently that also makes him kind of a celebrity. Apparently, um, who, yeah. um, who apparently. also right. Well, it's, also, it's, what I found, yeah, so, no, 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 go for what it. What I found weird is that 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 guy that picks him up. And um, it turns out he's his biggest fan. Yeah. But then he Convenient. doesn't actually recognise him. <laughs> he says, what's your name? Pluto. And he says, what? Like Pluto Nash? Yeah, that's me. Ma, I'm your biggest fan. It's like, but you can't be his biggest fan because you've just asked his name. And then you've gone, oh, yeah, I know you. <laughs> I'm your biggest fan. I didn't recognise you. But um, you mean the guy who also knew when they mentioned, uh, oh, what's the bad guy's name? Is it Rex? Rex yeah, Carter. Right. When he mentions Rex Carter's name, he's like, oh, no, 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 you can't, like, everyone... So he knows who Rex Carter is, but doesn't Twig that they look identical? Well, no one's seen him, though, have they? Has no, no one seen Rex Carter? No, he's a recluse. He's a recluse. But this is part of the problem for the, with this film, is for me, is that there's so many times when you, you there was a scene going on and they're, like, talking about something, and I'm like... And I was just, in my mind, all I can think is... Have they taught? Have they mentioned this before? No, it, you know, it's just a bit like like I, I, like you saying about obviously you, you you kind of miss that that no one's ever seen Rex Carter before. Mm. But there were so many kind of opportunities or examples of that where yeah. I was just like, they, I, don't, I don't. It obviously what, got cut out. Yeah. So it's like, so what? Why are they? Why are they after this? Because I don't. They haven't mentioned it before. I get that a lot on this show with films, and I'm wondering if part of that is because we're writing notes. Maybe. Maybe. Like, yeah, occasionally yeah, yeah. Miss stuff but there is a lot of yeah, that in this line. film yeah, that just, just weren't in it. Oh, no, no, without a doubt. Mm. I just, I think in particular that's why I tend to miss things. Okay, yeah, I'm, yeah, fair enough. Um, um, but, yeah. Coming on that one, and I'm going to jump to the end a little bit here. Mm. So, it might be this, that I've missed it because I was writing stuff down. Do they ever mention that he goes out with a bulletproof vest on all the time? No. Because that is a so. massive thing at the end of the film that is never mentioned anywhere. Like you say, boss, never leave home without a bulletproof vest. Yeah. He never says it in the entire film. No. But at the very end, it's a big thing yeah. that he's wearing a bulletproof big vest. that he's, um, yeah. Wearing a bulletproof well, vest. But I suppose, in, in a sense, you can't mention that earlier on in the film because then it wouldn't, you'd be like, oh, well. No, surely that is you, the. Is well, that's why you think. That's why the trope in films is the bullet's always stopped by some tiny little keepsake or memento that's foreshadowed earlier in the film. Hmm, Nobody ever foreshadows. Oh, thank God! Like 
I'm bequeathing this to you, my son. Hmm. Like, your grandfather gave me this Kevlar vest. Yeah. And his grandfather gave it to but him. But this is the thing, though. If you know that the robot, Randy Quaid, what's it called? <laughs> I can't oh, even remember what it's called. Um, Robo Randy. Robo Randy. Yeah. If you know that Robo Randy is wearing a bulletproof vest, you know that when he gets yeah. shot, he's going to survive. No, but you don't... They, they could have done that without you knowing he's wearing one. They could have made the thing that... Um, Pluto always wears a bulletproof vest, right. and then when they shoot um, Randy Bot, then Randy Bot turns around and goes, "Like you do, boss. I copied you. I'm wearing a bullet." It, why does it matter anyway? He's a robot. Uh, yes, why would I, I know? Sorry, I don't know. I don't yeah. even know why I'm arguing yeah. this it's point. It's so weird, isn't it? Why does he need to be wearing Kevlar? Yeah, I don't. I don't even know why I'm arguing this stupid point. But <laughs> why it's just, not have him not wear the bulletproof vest and just go? Oh, boss, it's lucky that my chest plate is made of, like, 92% Kevlar yeah, or something It's like a good that. job I'm a fucking robot that I mention every five minutes in yeah. this film. I mean, ultimately, he's a robot. Why is he wearing clothes? Well, there if is... If anything, that. it just makes him think they're more human, and that's mm. not good. Then we need to keep the divide between us yeah, and the yeah, mechanoids. Yeah, it, but he yeah, is sure. an older version of the Randy Bot, though. Ah, before yeah. they evolved to not need clothes any longer. Yeah, and don't, they, they mention that as much as they possibly can. So. And he can be... Um, uh, uh, jump started through yeah. his uh, little metal wang as well. Yeah. Jump start his wang. <laughs> Fucking hell, this film is terrible. Um, um, okay. How did his mum know where he was? Oh, I've got so a better question for you, Rich. Why the fuck is his mum even in a film? <laughs> and why is his mum the I've same age a, as him? <laughs> 12, years, got 12 years old. Uh, sorry, 12 years old. 12 years older about to start. than him, I will have you know. Is that how, oh, that's how, how old she is? In real life. Is. Oh, good. Um, Pam Greer, isn't it? Yes. Um, I thought you were about to start a story. 12 no. years old, I was sitting <laughs> on the porch. Um, Let me tell you about how I met Pam Greer when I was 12. <laughs> so, yeah. So, yeah, I so was at my... the Hans Zimmerman uh, <laughs> School for Conductors. So, um, this, yeah, so my first question was I don't. I, it, that, they didn't really expl- explain. Everything, actually, yeah. everything, Rich. I it don't took, explain anything. It took me a while to go. Oh, that's his mum because it's like well, that's no, surely that's his sister. If if anything, oh, flattery will get you everywhere. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> this is your mum. I thought this must be your sister. Um, so yeah, but then, like you say, so I, I didn't understand that. I, that that's that, that's ridiculous that that's his his mum. Yeah. How does his mum know to go to that hotel? That's a very good question. She appears there. Okay, so I'm going to sum up this entire film (laughs) with one word. Convenience. The whole plot revolves around convenience. And this is um, what came up on this um, YouTube video I was watching. Um, So I will uh, mention. So it's um, Alison Pregler is the um, lady that did this YouTube video. And she does um, watches all sorts of random... Um, films and talks about them um, but <laughs> that'll never work no no right <laughs> um, so we stole her idea but i didn't know she existed so it's fine um but yeah no, it's quite a funny take on it but yeah she comes down to this it's like everything happens by convenience like his biggest fan is there out of convenience his mum is there out of convenience his his um pi friend that we don't really find out anything about, which I kind of assume was his dad at one point, weirdly, because <laughs> it sounds like it was his dad, and then it's not, and it's like, what the fuck? But he, <laughs> it's just bizarre. And um, But he's there out of convenience. He knows who to speak to out of convenience. It just doesn't... But again, spoilers, when he dies, when he gets shot, I was like, who who, who killed him? 
who knew I don't I didn't maybe I missed what they were talking about and it, and why should we care yeah and it's mm. like why is that a big deal it's like uh, uh. that's the thing as well in this film um, we don't care about any of the characters because we're barely introduced to any of the characters we have I had more in common or more wanted to know more about the fucking car AI than any other character in that entire film. I strongly disagree. I wanted to know nothing. <laughs> that car AI was a sleaze. When he watched him getting it on in the back seat, he was all like, oh yeah. And he was like, nah, keep your eyes on the road, John, please. <laughs> <laughs> to be fair, he was the only funny bit about the entire film. So. I wanted to know more about Rosario Dawson. You know she's yeah. on the moon. You know she's trying to get off the moon. What's the motivation? Oh, she's a singer. Why is she desperate to... Yeah, she's yeah. a singer, Andy. Yeah, but why does she want to... Yeah, but she's desperate to get off the yeah, moon. Yeah, because she's a singer. Oh, right. That, that's yeah. it. That's all you need to know about. She's but my voice only works in low gravity. <laughs> yeah. On Earth gravity. No, she's a she singer. wants to get back to Earth, doesn't she? Yeah, 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 yeah. But she wants... Yeah, but she has to stay on the moon to get so she, money to go yeah, back to Earth. She came to the moon yeah. to Even find though she doesn't have a valid moon card. Fucking moon cards. Oh, he ran out. Yeah. She needs to marry someone for a green moon card. <laughs> That's why she's getting in Pluto's pants. Surely it'd be a for... blue moon card. Yeah, <laughs> yeah absolutely. Ah, <laughs> oh, I missed the obvious oh. <laughs> Well, there you go. I just put down Pam Greer as pretty badness. I didn't think she was yeah. great. No. no. I've seen Pam Greer in some stuff. She's been good. She was great in Jackie Brown. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, not great in Pluto Nash. No. Uh, also not great in Pluto Nash is Stephen Baldwin's brother, Mr. Alec Baldwin. All the Baldwins are dead? Uh, although we do see in that brief, uh, it, it's TV footage of him, isn't it? It's supposed, supposed, to be, where yeah, it's supposed to be like news, isn't it? We see him push a paparazzi over two years before, in real life, he pushed a paparazzi over. <laughs> oh, yeah. uh, so in a classic case of life imitating art, yeah. uh, he assaulted a paparazzi. Right. Uh, yeah. But yeah, he was so embarrassed by what he'd seen of the film before it came out that yeah. he uh, he took his name off it. <laughs> <laughs> he said, "That's enough for me." Um, yeah, it's just um, it was a, it was a, well because obviously he's because if he's not in the credits, he's not in the opening credits or the. Mm. Um, I had no idea he was he was there, so um, so it was quite a surprise. It's always it's always fun to get a surprise Baldwin. <laughs> All the Baldwins are dead. <laughs> yeah. How, um, okay, so I've, I know we've kind of talked about the shootout sequence on the moon and it's truly, truly dire. Yeah. But there's a lot of potential in having a really good shootout sequence in low gravity. Yes. And I can't think of a huge amount of um, other films that do. I, I, Inception has that really cool hand to hand fight sequence. Yeah. Where go, uh, Joseph Gordon Levitt yeah. even <laughs> is floating down the corridor. Yes. That's cool, but I don't recall seeing any shootouts. No, I don't low think so. Would um, Moonraker have any? N- th- th- no, they. It's more like laser. They go for mm. the laser route. I think, from my memory. Um, yeah. So, no. It, yeah. Maybe there is. Maybe there would be something there. But again, just th- not in this film. No, not in this film. Yeah. But again, they had the opportunity to make something of that or do something about but they ended up just but that's the thing even like the this this is what with this film is that the even like that like the fight scenes it's like you've got an opportunity here to do something cool mm. but instead they end up just 
Making I mean, it very slow fighting. It, how super jarring would it have been though if like the rest of the film was identical and you got this one really like well done, highly polished orchestrated <laughs> moon shootout and then, and then back, to, back to the Pluto back Mars. To, yeah, back to yeah, no, that would have been a bit weird. But so yeah, uh, this is you know, so this is this is what this kind of film revolves around is 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 opportunities missed. Mm. Um and and that you know the the fights and the shootouts and stuff were 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 definitely a big part of that. So yeah, um, but this was one of my slow motion moon fighting was one of my notes. <laughs> <laughs> one of my main notes. Alec Baldwin slow motion moon fighting. Was there a bit in the, the car bit. chase where the car jumped past the Earth in a sort of vague homage to ET? ET yeah, maybe jumping yeah, past it, the yeah. moon. Yeah, but also that the. The every time they were as they were driving up to the big canyon, mm. it was getting wider and wider. <laughs> it looked like it was just a, a you know it was a wide canyon, but then it just looked every time they went back to it, it was like we're going to jump this. It's like you you really can't jump that because it's moving apart as yeah. we speak. Um, also, the jump didn't look steep enough for moon gravity to have that much of an effect on it. Yeah, no, absolutely. Yeah, no, in truth, no. It was they were going off, going off on a flat, weren't they? Yeah, they yeah. Went, uh, they went. They were Looney Tunes again. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they really were. In, in all reality, they should have got halfway across, held up a small sign that said "Yikes," and then dropped to the bottom <laughs> dropped, of the crater. Yeah. <laughs> you should have seen that—the view from the top of the car just going down, and then it's eventually just a little uh, puff of smoke at the, <laughs> the bottom of the uh, the canyon. Uh, and but sadly, that's where we lose John Cleese as well. It's true. It's true. <sighs> Although he tries to give them up, doesn't he? He tries to tell them that they're... Oh, a couple of times he tries to he sell tries them out. He tries to sell them out at the very end as well, but no one's listening. It's such so a John weird... Cleese it's, is still it's there It's such a waste now. of John Cleese, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, In true. that film. Yeah. But, uh, again, it's like... It has that feel that maybe it was like, we need something more in this... So obviously they're literally just. Why don't we just film someone? To, so we they need someone that just, can bring the moon goofs. Yeah, exactly. The laughs. So so they just literally get John. Just like mm. John Cleese, can we hire you for a day to just talk at the camera? Um, say these lines. It's like you know, it's it's because it's all very like spliced together, isn't I it? I just want. I wonder if it would have been better if they'd gone like that. He was the robot chauffeur sort of angle, as opposed to just a face on a screen. Like, um, yeah, indeed, more like a Total Recall kind Ex- of thing. Yes, exactly. Um, yeah, like the taxi driver. <laughs> I think that would have been a better use. There, yeah. I don't know. There's something about his head floating around the screen that made him look like a real cut race Holly from. Uh, yeah, Red yeah, absolutely. Um, but which which uh, which confused my my little brain because he's driving, yet he's looking. Backwards, <laughs> backwards at them. Yes. Yeah, which is something that I was like, this doesn't, this doesn't make sense to me. He should be, he should be looking where he's going, <laughs> but he's, uh, but he's not. He's just making weird quips back to them. So yeah. uh, they, at one point, they end up at a casino, don't they? Towards the towards the act. end, yeah. What's with the super horny AI slot machines? Yes, and th- very weird. To, to, and it gets eventually to the point where. Um, where uh, Randy Bot has to like dismantle Stay in the cells, one. Yeah. sort of. He just like obliterates one. Yeah. Does he? Does he rip the arm off? Yeah. The, the horny run arm band. Yeah, yeah. Where she's like, please stick it in me. <laughs> it's been it's been decades since I've had uh, since I've pulled the old horny one arm band. <laughs> yeah. Um, 
Yeah, there is. A, yeah, there is a very. But just following him. Yeah, literally, it's just like surely that can't be. That like can't hopping be along behind him almost. Yeah, it? it is. But no, he's just like just yeah, just literally following him. Just <laughs> moves off of its place and starts following him around the around the building. As they then go and watch the show of what's his name, Jay Moore. Tony, Tony. So there is there is a sick, beautiful irony in Jay Moore slash Tony's routine being described as so original. Yeah. When Jay Moore at this point was uh, fighting multiple scandals about stealing jokes from other stand. Oh, really? Yeah. That's <laughs> that's mainly what Jay Moore's known for these days. Is he ripped off a bunch of other people's material? Ah, oh, okay. Um, and got publicly outed for it by like some pretty big comedians. I think. Yeah. That uh, said it wasn't on. Oh, okay. Um, um, but like you say though, but he's he does this bit he's obviously he's just in the very beginning he's he does this bit at the very end does the singing bit mm. which you know he doesn't really is this he could have been anyone doing that yeah um and then he does he's kind of appears a little bit at the end but it's, it's not really again crowbarred in yeah, yeah again yeah for indeed. no real reason exactly but then it's all kind of stuff like that that it's just like it, it, it there's so many things that people were just filmed on their own. Yeah. There was no need for anyone else to be around and stuff. So it's almost kind of like, we need a bit here. Let's just get him in, pay him for a day and do this. I did like the tiny orchestra on the, the, the full orchestra on a tiny keyboard. <laughs> and when it's like, when he says about, oh, here's the, you know, the so-and-so orchestra. And it is just like one guy playing a tiny keyboard. <laughs> uh, with, but he's got a full orchestra sound to it. I thought that was, I yeah. thought that was quite good. Uh, um, was there any foreshadowing to? Okay, let, let's get to let's get to the end of this uh, film. What, let's talk big, about. The two, oh, sorry, no, go quick, so no. Sorry, I just mm. suddenly thought I just got to say what I think of it. I, I also had a, an issue with him saying about he cloned his wife because he liked his wife so much. He cloned, uh, but obviously she's played by twins mm. who don't actually look like completely identical. <laughs> um, Doesn't yeah. matter because the the fact that they're clones only is there to set up. The ending. Yeah, absolutely. That is the only oh, reason yeah, yeah, they mention clones. Yeah, is, is that purely the only time they foreshadow the end twist? Yes. Except wow. in the trailer. It's in the trailer. Is it? They show it in the trailer. Oh, I must have completely... Well, the clone, the, bust over the wives. No, no. They uh, I don't, sorry, I don't know how much you've spoken about. Oh, well, we're I just about to care. talk about the twist, but um, Rich was talking about the, the guy that cloned his wife. Yeah. Yeah. So, Jay Moore, who was Tony... Yes. Tony yeah. Flo or whatever his name. <laughs> can't remember his name. Um, yeah, no, the fact that he's married clones, I think, is the only foreshadowing. And and they mention um, the they go to a clone doctor, don't they? The doctor woman at the start is supposed to be a. Oh, okay. oh I thought she's supposed to, to do to just clones. Be, uh, uh, making you better. No, so apparently oh, like a regular doctor. <laughs> yeah. We just call them doctors here on Earth. Yeah, improving I don't know your what physique they call them on the moon. Shit. Um, <laughs> come on, guys, you're supposed to be paying attention. So Sorry. apparently, the doctor they go to is friends with another doctor who is an expert in clone technology. Oh, right. which is why they go there to find out about clones. But because why are they looking into clones at that point? I can't remember. Convenience. <laughs> That's the only lead they get, is um, that this bloke... Um, right. All the Baldwins are dead? Right. Baldwin uh, looked into clone technologies or something, oh, I believe. Okay. So that's, that's who why they, they think go. it's him, don't yeah. they? Yeah. They think it's him that's in the... In the casino, trying to buy the club out, and then yeah. blows the club up when he yeah, and then it. buying the whole area. Why? And has changed his name to Rex Why Carter. Blow the club up, and then reopen it as a club. 
Mm. Well, he wants to reopen it as a casino, isn't it? His big thing is he wants to bring gambling to Little America. Yeah, right. So, <laughs> that, yeah, that pretty again, much that, sums up. Yeah, right. that doesn't explain why he <laughs> blows it up. It would surely be easier to change the club into a casino and not blow it up. In yeah, the yeah pretty much. So... Yeah, so right. So getting to the sorry, I interrupted you before, but no, get, no, no, get no, to the end. I, I was literally going to ask, did they actually foreshadow the twist? But Steve got there ahead of me and actually answered it. Yes, apparently they did, but only like a scene yeah, or two earlier, very briefly. Yeah. Um, so, so uh, spoiler at the end, mm. it turns out that Rex Carter, the guy they've been after, <laughs> I'm a poet. I don't know it. <laughs> Rex Carter, the guy they've been after. Yeah. Um, is a clone of Pluto Nash. Spoiler. Oh, see, is that how it works? Because I thought Pluto Nash was a clone of Rex Carter. I don't know. <laughs> you might well be no, right. No, I think the idea is that Rex is a clone of Pluto. But who who cloned him? Why oh. did they choose Pluto? Oh, because um, in <laughs> there's a line of dialogue that explains how they got the clone material. When he went for a... Pluto don't know where, no rubber. Um, <laughs> when Pluto was in prison, he had an operation, and at that point, he had oh, his yeah, appendix removed, yeah, I believe. So this guy and is that's just, where this they got his, the clone material from. This guy is his appendix. Pretty much. <laughs> and they, that I is like a, him Fight Club. I am Jack's angry appendix. <laughs> and that's a throwaway line yeah. at the end. Yeah, it's yeah. like, oh, yeah, um, yeah, um, he's a yeah, clone. It la- that, that twist lands with absolutely. It lands with the impact of a wet piece of tissue paper yeah. On, yeah. A, on a public bathroom floor, doesn't yeah. it? <laughs> it's that. Oh, okay. He's a clone of. Okay, I guess. Sure. Yeah. That I, I mean, the, the good thing about that twist is it means the film's almost over. Yeah. <laughs> Convenient that they're wearing exactly the same clothes as well, aren't it? Well, that, that's the only way you can do the old classic. Yeah. yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm Pluto. Him. No, I'm Pluto. No, yeah. shoot him. Yeah. yeah. But also, um, the the thing that actually made that even more disappointing for me, though, was that Eddie Murphy should have been playing Rex Carter the entire film because mm. he actually had a bit of panache about him <laughs> whereas as Pluto Nash he was very like not bothered but he actually gave it a bit of balls when he was Rex Carter because he suddenly yeah. had a bit of a character that he was supposed to but he was actually like it was like oh he's actually doing so he's actually yeah. being a bit more charismatic maybe they like. should have released like a companion film like in the way they did Flags of Our Fathers and Heroes of Iwo Jima <laughs> and you were looking at the same story yeah, yeah, from yeah, both from sides the, yeah, yeah. Yeah. maybe they should have done a, a companion film following uh, Rex, Rex Carter yeah. as like you say as the more dynamic as the character from, that from he the was clearly more interested in yeah. playing do you reckon that was the original ending, or it, or they changed it. Maybe, maybe the the original ending was uh, they were like. <laughs> could you imagine if they got to the stage where like the original ending stinks? Yeah, but we, so they so put we that want, one. We want this instead. It originally <laughs> ended when they got to the outhouse after the car broke down, yeah. and they couldn't get in, and they all died of oxygen starvation. <laughs> yeah, that makes sense. The bank next to it. So they had to conveniently get someone else to turn up and help them. Yes. That's how they carried on the story. Convenient. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, The whole thing is just, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Anybody else have any 
got any more notes? Any more? Uh, sorry, I've got to look at them. Yeah, it was just my mate that you say it was just the fact that I said that Eddie Murphy should have been playing Rex Carter the whole film. We we all had a off mic text thread after we'd watched the film a couple of weeks ago, mm. and we all seemed fairly positive. We all seemed fairly mm. surprised that we enjoyed it yeah, more than d- we thought. D- d- yeah, but talking it through tonight. Yeah, yeah. I, I can't help but feel. The we score were, I'd have given it were, at the beginning of the episode compared yeah. to what I'm going to give it now. <laughs> it, we're, yeah, I feel like maybe we were maybe a bit generous. We were, we were, we were basically we were still in a high after watching Biodome. I, I think, think <laughs> I think when you compare it to Biodome, it's and this is what I classic. do with everything in life now. So the world is such a lovely place. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it could be worse. It could be Biodome. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. Um. Yeah, I. I didn't hate the film when I first read it. I'm just reading my notes back now. I'm embarrassed by myself because one of my <laughs> notes says I like Randy Quaid bot. Um, so I apologise for that because I, I don't like Randy Quaid bot. I don't even know why I wrote that. I don't. I don't understand what was going on in my head. Um, that yeah. was quite early on in the film, though. Yeah. No. I. If, uh, he within a, a few uh, within a couple of minutes, I was like, this character is going to be boring very quickly. Mm. Yeah. Um, we were um, talking. Uh, you, you, you'd gone out. We were yeah, talking sorry. about the uh, the the um, sex pest yeah, yeah. casino slot machine. Uh, slot machine. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. What the fuck was that about? <laughs> <laughs> Just literally starting being really over yeah, yeah. over the top. Pull uh, my lever. Yeah, <laughs> Touch um, me. Touch my lever. Yeah. Stick it in me. Oh, <laughs> pull, my, pull my arm. <laughs> and then uh, yeah, and then he has to. The Rip, only way you can get rid of it is rip the arm off. Yeah. yeah, and. Um, <laughs> Is that just a? Is do we think that's purely there as a plot contrivance to get the robot out of the way for the next couple well, of scenes? He gets put in prison mm. and then gets out of prison just like that. What is the point in that whole sequence? He could just wait in the lobby, <laughs> and they could just yeah, go. Yeah. Oh, he's in the lobby, but also he he gets out of prison by knocking on the window, and the policeman opens the door to speak <laughs> to like have a chat with him. It's like. There's no point in there's no point in the entire in, thing in opening the door. Just just say that you're staying there. No, 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 Rich, you're missing the point. What is it? Convenience. Ah, there we go. So yeah, it's just bizarre. The whole yeah, there there are massive plot holes, and I think the only reason there are massive plot holes is because this film was butchered to pieces. Mm. When it, 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 it does definitely feel like there's probably an extra hour and a half of story that was there that would make more sense of this mm. but it wouldn't make it a better film no it would just make it a far longer bad film yeah i think is the problem i i'm kind of i not that I'd, like you say i not not that i'd want to watch it but i'm intrigued to the, the three hours. i'd like version. to see a director's cut of it I'd, just I'm to see what what, what ron underwood originally was going for i'd like to try and find the original script i wonder if it's out there somewhere Problem is, it sounds like there were dozens of original. I was going to say what the original, original nineteen eighty five one. Oh, that'd be interesting, <laughs> wouldn't it? Yeah, and see what they, how they were pitching it. You see, you could easily make that film a very Casablanca-y type, um, almost Indiana Jonesy type film to a certain extent, because obviously Indiana Jones was almost a pastiche of some of that sort of cult um, yeah. sort of film. Yeah. Um, and Maltese Falcon and stuff like that. Um, you could have easily done a science fiction version of those films. Mm. Except, like Andy said earlier, they didn't know what they wanted it to be. It it was like, 
oh, science fiction films are cool, let's make it one of those. Mm-hmm. Oh, comedies are good because it's Eddie Murphy. He he was funny, right? It's the thing, maybe maybe literally by getting Eddie Murphy in it, they were like, oh, it's got to be a comedy. We've got to and make it a comedy now. Had it been anyone else, maybe they would have completely changed tact of what uh, I don't know. It doesn't feel like an Eddie, Eddie, Eddie vehicle, Eddie Murphy vehicle at all. <laughs> an Eddie it, it doesn't, Murphy. Yeah, it doesn't feel like it. They could have had anyone else playing that character. Yeah, literally. Yeah, anyone. true, true. Um, and it wouldn't have made a difference. Chris Rock. <laughs> yeah, put him, put him in it. Might have mm. might have been a bit more interesting. <laughs> maybe. <laughs> so yeah, no, I don't know. Yeah, yeah. Well, there you have it. Mm. Yeah, I think we have comprehensively covered. The Adventures of Pluto. As much as we need to, anyway. Uh, also, real quick, title's a complete misnomer. It's a single adventure of Pluto and Ash. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, no, it's true. Yeah. yeah. yeah I, don't know, I don't know what it is with us picking films <laughs> oh, no. where there, there's fucking factual errors in the title. <laughs> oh, that after, biodome. Well, this, you're absolutely right. Yeah. Oh, that's the, that, was the, that was the main Were they problem, setting this up to be a series? Maybe. <sighs> I, I mean, possibly, yeah. Or were they just hoping there'd be a bit more adventure in the film? Because <laughs> there certainly ain't any of that shit in there. No, no, we were saying just how... Like, there's there's a lot of promise in the idea of a lunar shootout. Yeah. But this isn't the film to to achieve that level of promise. No. Um, but a, a, a yeah, zero-gravity shootout could be very cool if, it, if done by the right oh, people. Oh, yeah. By um, anyone other than the people involved with this film. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, I think uh, that's a good place to wrap it up. Mm-hmm. We will hop on to uh, another quick advert break, and then we'll be right back uh, with the rest of the show. Oh, hello. You've caught me here sitting by the fire and enjoying a glass of fine resin dice. Exquisite dice like these and many other handcrafted resin items can be purchased at Joby Resins on Etsy.com. Follow Joby Resins on Instagram for more information. What other items, you ask? I couldn't possibly tell you, for I have no internet here at my remote Arctic cavern. It's just me, the fire, and my hundreds of thousands of fine resin dice. Okay, and we're back, so... I think we're at the point now where we should probably give this a rating uh, out of... Uh, is that, it's out of 10 polar bears, isn't it? It is out of 10 polar bears. Uh, right. Anybody in particular want to go for, first? Uh, I was just looking at the board of yeah. the board of wonder um, <laughs> about what we you know gave previous. Oh, we haven't got the other ones on there. No, I um, need to. I need to fill it out a little bit. Uh, I am going to give uh, the Adventures of Pluto Nash. I think a three. Mm. I think that's me being generous. Mm. Going into this, I would have given it a four, but I think our discussions today has knocked at least one point off it. I'm exactly the same. I feel mm. like I was going to give it a four, but yeah. then. I remembered. I'm pretty sure I gave. Uh, you gave Biodome a zero, I think, oh, didn't shit. you? No, I gave Under Siege a three. Oh, really? And I feel bad mm. about that now. Oh, you you got to go lower for this then than Under see, Siege. I was surely. Gonna, see, in my mind, talking about this before, I for some reason thought that I gave Under Siege a four, which I should have probably given it a four. On our, you know, on now. That's written on that board with permanent marker, so I can't rub it off. So that's um, he's got to stand. I'm afraid. So you've got to judge this based off what you gave. Well, yeah, which means I've got to give this a two, 
because before this, before we did the episode, like before mm. we'd recording this, I thought I was going to give it a four. Okay. Thinking, but then I thought, I can't do that because I gave Under Siege a four and it's worse than Under Siege. So I'm going to give it a three. But now I've just noticed that I gave Under Siege three. I apologise to Under Siege now. Um, I, You were our opening episode. I was finding my feet. <laughs> <laughs> I should have given Under Siege a four. Possibly even if we're going on other films, maybe even a five. <laughs> and then Pluto Nash would have been a, a three. So mm. but I'm probably, if if this is now permanent, I'm going to have to give Pluto Nash a, a two. A two. Steve? Uh, I'm going to go for three. I, it was... Well, let me go, I, I would completely agree with you both, and I would yeah, be no, no, with you. Yeah, no, no, you screwed yourself with but your other previous scores. at the very beginning. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> no, you, you made that bed, mm. so now you're you're lying with the consequences. But the weird thing is, you're arguing about giving Pluto Nash a lower score yeah. than you would have done, so I don't think it's a bad thing. Oh, yeah, no, indeed. At no point am I going to say, oh, actually, I'll give it a, a four. Yeah, make it the same as Under Siege, yeah. yeah. Yeah, but it's, but I haven't. Okay, I'm, I'm going to say, I'm, I'm gonna say I, I agree with you. I'm going to go three as well and say that I apologise to Under Siege, that I started this whole thing off not really <laughs> knowing where I was on the scale of things. Yeah. So um, that's, a, that's a three out of ten uh, yeah. from, from ILM Which, for this film, yeah. Yeah. Feels kind of right. Yeah. yeah, I think so. I I didn't hate it. It just wasn't a good film. And I went into it, and I didn't sit there and well, I don't sit there and watch films and go, oh yeah, see, uh, the story is this is brilliant, and we've got a backstory of this. this and if it entertains me, then it's fine. Mm. And it did entertain me, probably for all the wrong reasons, but it wasn't Biodome. No. So, <laughs> Absolutely. So, and that's only what it comes down to. Yeah. It wasn't Biodome. If 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 we hadn't pulled Biodome out of the hat prior to this one, I suspect I'd be giving this lower. Yeah. Mm. But it's not Biodome. No. Yeah. And it's actually got a story. It's got actors. It's The it's main ba- characters the- aren't intensely annoying. No. To to watch on screen. Only one. Is intensely annoying. Randy, but Randy Bot. Randy Bot, yeah. Robo, Robo, Robo Randy. So, for me, it was just literally all I, my closing paragraph was that it finished and I was still waiting for something to happen. <laughs> yeah, nothing really does happen. No. But nothing happens in Biodome. So. No, but Biodome's got poorly shown. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Which brings it down a brings whole, it down two, a whole points. two points. Yeah. Um, Would this be a better film if this was the second Pluto Nash film? If we'd had another film to get to know Pluto Nash, to maybe establish some of this street cred and fame, no. Would this have made better? Because then you wouldn't have needed all that backstory. But I think this film no, would because... be made better then because of the backstory and everything. they would It would be a different film. Yeah, that's what I mean. Yeah. If this was like the, the sequel to another Pluto Nash film. I don't think so, because this film should have been that film that establishes uh, no, it. No, absolutely. And I know what you mean. Would it be better if you look at this as a sequel? But no, I don't think it would have, because... It seems to me that Pluto Nash, as a character, isn't interesting enough to have a backstory. Well, absolutely I, fair. <laughs> yeah. I think he could have been. Well, yeah, maybe, but they just it's like they... They they weren't bothered. No, not in the slightest. 
so <laughs> so yeah so it's a, it's a three from me uh with a caveat of an apology to under siege and that if i was to start this again you would be getting a four possibly a five well, maybe it goes back in the hat next year, and we we watch it again. And <laughs> yeah, maybe, well, maybe, oh, maybe can, Under Siege Two gets can get a, a bit of a redemption. Uh, by, maybe by maybe that's it. the thing. Maybe that's our gimmick. Is every year we do an HD remake of a uh, of a, an earlier episode. <laughs> we record it slightly better quality yeah. sound and try to find new talking points. Yeah. However, cool. that is next year. For this year, we have these films in this hat to pick from. Mm. Uh, so, Steve, it's me. It's me. Oh, we need the music. Do you want to play the music first, and then it is indeed your turn to pick? Uh, I would. <laughs> if you find it on the soundboard. It's gone. Nah, it's got to be on there somewhere, right? Nope. Really? Oh, yeah. we're going to have to do it live. Andy. Andy's deleted it. I swear it. I haven't. We're going to have to do it live. It's gone. You've replaced it with... Uh... All the Baldwins are dead? No, that was an empty tile. Um, how strange. Right, we'll no. do it live. Out of wonder. of wonder is gone <laughs> it's gone okay let's do the draw is it steve's turn it's, it's me it's you me. did the last one then did you no. uh someone other than me did because yeah. i haven't no, done it, it, it since it's we... fine it's steve's turn right steve pick yeah. from the hat yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. wonder 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 here we go okay i'm excited and episode eight of i like movies is going to be on the following film that film is Ravenous, 1999, directed by Antonia Bird. No, it's one of mine. It's one of the few ones that is actually supposed to be quite good out of the ten I chose. I've never seen this film. I've heard very good things. Is this the Robert Carlyle film? Yes. This this comes recommended by a friend of the podcast, Stag Do Sam. (laughs) Stag Do Sam. (laughs) Which is an in-joke no one in the audience will get. But uh, yes, my my friend Sam, my dear friend Sam suggested this. He said it is a very good film. It is a lesser-known one. Uh, I'm quite looking forward to this. So okay. I put this in, in the hat along with 9mm because they were both films I wanted an excuse to finally see. Okay, cool. Um, there you go. So, yeah, Ravenous. I believe cannibalism. Well, we'll see the trailer and then find out. That's true. We'll <laughs> find out. We'll be right back after this commercial break to uh, see if cannibalism, question mark? We'll be right back. Please do not be alarmed. We are about to engage the nozzle. Um, okay, I, I'm, I'm literally just here to promote a podcast. Uh, Go Team Venture is a bi-weekly watch-along podcast for the cartoon series The Venture Brothers. Please do not move while the nozzle is engaging. Uh, every fortnight, myself and Steve dissect an episode of the show from the perspective of someone who's never watched it before. That would be Steve. Uh, as well as also from the perspective of a die-hard fan, which would be myself. Moving will disrupt calibration of the nozzle. Uh, ooh, so search Go Team Ventures today in your favourite podcast app, and uh, ooh, I don't like where that nozzle's heading. The nozzle has completed calibration. Thank you. We have just watched the theatrical trailer for Ravenous. Not what any of us were expecting, I don't believe. No. Would you? Would you like me to... Yeah, you've got the TV, got the TV teaser? trailer. Yeah, yeah, let's um, play the audio of that. So here, here is the TV trailer for Ravenous. Legend, Wind Eagle. Man eats the flesh of another. He absorbs the other man's strength. Evil. I just had to try. Power. We need others. 
hunger. Ah! You stop it. You don't. On Friday, oh, you are <laughs> who you eat. What I could eat. It was Ravenous, rated R. Friday only in theaters. Did you say he was licking? <laughs> yes. Yeah. yeah, he did. Yeah. yeah. Um, do we think this is going to turn out to be humorous? Because I was under the impression this was sort of like a period horror. So that trailer started off quite sinister, mm. and then all of a sudden it it was almost a comedy halfway through. Yeah. But also, like you said, when we saw the trailer, obviously we watched the full length trailer. I think we saw the film. Yeah, yeah. It it's another one. Of, it's another one of these where it shows the entire film. Yeah, um, and it it looked like it was the um, DVD release or the Blu-ray release trailer. Yeah, so I, I wonder so. if if that was different from the original. Well, that was a theatrical trailer you just showed. So yeah, it's obviously different from that. But looks like it's got a fairly solid cast. We yeah, got Guy Pearce in there. We got Robert Carlyle in the two main roles. David Arquette. David Arquette. Arquette. Being very uh, weird, like David Neil Arquette. Neil McDonough. Yeah. Um, who was the the blonde chap? Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's a it's a real who's who of nineteen ninety nine uh, cinema. I knew it was a period piece. I for some reason thought it was set either during World War Two or World War One. Did not realise it was American Civil War. Bizarre. Uh, but I'm interested. I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing this. I do not know what to expect. I, the title does not suit the trailer at all. Well, it's about cannibalism. I know, but it? it's just I don't know. It's just a bit <laughs> weird. It's just... Yeah, it's um, but yeah, it is about cannibalism. But it's it's it, I don't know. Is it like about proper? I don't know what kind of cannibalism. It's it about really a Wendigo. Wendigo. Wendigos eat. People right, yeah. and then get their strength. I, I'm very curious to see whether it's it's a screwball comedy or if it is a like thriller horror. It looks like it's trying. It looks like it's horror. Yeah, me. and they've just cut the trailer badly to yeah. make it mm, seem like um, it's a comedy. It's got yeah, like you say, but then it's got quite a few famous people in it. There's quite a lot of them um, people. Uh, if it, between now and when we watch, um, we we discuss the film. If you at home would like to watch the film. Mm. Um, just to let you know, it is available uh, to stream on Disney Plus. Oh, ravenous! Wow. Uh, yeah, really? Um, apparently, and also on. Does that um, mean it's going to have songs then? <laughs> <laughs> and also on uh, Virgin TV. If you if you've got TV, oh, like Virgin, Virgin Media, um, Virgin Media kind of thing. Um, apparently, it's also available on there if you if you have such a thing. But yeah, apparently, it's on Disney Plus. Yeah. Um, so yeah. Well, there you go. Um, oh yeah, and we were going to say about uh, where to watch Pluto Nash. Um, you can probably find it in the pound store. So, <laughs> yeah, a pound. I, I did look it up. Um, I, the only way to watch Pluto Nash, I think, is you have to rent it via. Yeah, one of the renting. It's service. not streamed for it's free streamed on your anyway. streaming things. Um, I've, I found that there is a website called um, JustWatch dot com that I've been looking at. Yeah. Um, you basically type in any film and it will tell you um, yeah, where we, that, that film is available. And I, uh, Pluto Nash, I'm afraid I couldn't find. Um, uh, anyway, you have to you have to <laughs> rent it via Amazon or some such place. Find your nearest local blockbusters. Yes. Yeah. Um, so yeah, no, it looks it looks an interesting choice. Yeah. Yourself, yeah. Andy. Um, I wish I could give you some more I didn't background. Guy Pierce I know was nothing. In it. <laughs> no, I didn't know Guy Pierce was in it. I just knew Robert Carlyle was in it. Yeah. Um. Um. Sorry, just coming back. You can buy uh, the Adventures of Pluto Nash from CEX for a pound. 
Ooh. If you're if you're interested, I'm not going to say whether that's worth it or not. No, um, you can make your own mind up if you want to spend yeah. a pound on that. Okay, cool. W- would it be of use for me to look up Ravenous on IMDb right now and tell you what genre it's filed under? Uh, I can tell you, it was a horror western adventure. So not right. a comedy, so not, a comedy not a comedy, but a I, lot I, of the reviews are calling it a bit of a mishmash and a bit of a mess, cool. tonally. Um, yeah, I, I, I got to say that watching the trailer, I, I thought the trailer it, it was it looked funny in the trailer, but I think that was just the way the trailer was cut. Yeah, it's yeah. more than the actual um, the way that the, the voiceover guy they chose didn't yeah, help didn't, either. Didn't, didn't, Typical didn't. voiceover man, wasn't it? Yeah, movie voiceover guy, which didn't really help that film in the slightest in a world um yeah so it's going to be an interesting one that so yeah yeah, it looks like it's set in uh the the american west civil Civil war esque time time. from their garb um yeah and um and they're possibly so here's hoping we might come out of the viewing of it having learned something about history maybe yeah maybe so maybe um also like to point out that this is two of your films in a row this is and this is your third film your third film After after only having one for the first six episodes, yep, uh, I've really pulled ahead in the last two, um, which I've also got. I'm, I'm also on three films. You're on three films. <laughs> I'm on two. I mean, given that th- that my whole thing was I was putting in mostly stinkers. Oh yeah, we it's are probably scrap- good that Ravenous came out and not one of the other ones, rather than having two just terrible ones. Yeah, true. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, this might this have might, the potential. We might come back yeah, I mean, two weeks yeah. time and just be like, oh wow, this was bad. Yeah, but uh, it, if if that's the case, I will not apologise. I did not intentionally put it in there because it was bad. <laughs> no, this um, was one that you actually thought you wanted. You I wanted did to watch intentionally put Pluto Nash in the hat because I knew it was bad yeah. and would generate uh, discussion. We've reached the end of that discussion. <laughs> yes, uh, I think this is probably a good place to leave it. We will be back in two weeks with episode eight, Ravenous. Uh, anything you guys want to add before we call it a night? Uh, no, just uh, thanks very much for listening. I hope you enjoyed. Uh, that was um, yeah, that was Pluto Nash. Yep. Join us for Ravenous to see what uh, see what that brings us. And yes, it is on Disney Plus. I have I verified this. Okay, cool. Uh, it's because it's a Fox film. Ah, there you go. So they have a lot of Fox films now. Right. Okay. I still find it weird them having films like that and Predator and Predator Two and stuff yeah. on yeah. Disney Plus. Yeah, it's it is. a bit strange. It's weird. Yeah. Um, plus they've got that that new. Um, Pam and Tommy series, yeah. which is really not Disney. <laughs> <laughs> no. So, yeah, there we go. Cool. Um, so, yeah, so I, well, I look forward to uh, meeting up again uh, and chatting about this in a couple of weeks. Yeah, yeah, it should be fun on a bun. Right. <laughs> so, from the ILM podcast crew, it is good night. Steve, say good night. Good night. Rich, say good night. Good night. And from me, it is good night and fare thee well. Uh, we'll see you in two weeks for Ravenous but until then stay safe stay hungry and we're ghost you've been listening to I Like Movies with Andy McLean Steve Pye and Rich Marsh find us on Facebook and Instagram and email us at ilmpodcast at outlook.com <laughs>